Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 43. Isaiah chapter 43. I, I feel like God's put a word in my heart, not just for this church, but really for our community. And you know what we're going to talk about over the next few minutes, I feel like you embody that so well. Um, again, like Pastor David said, thank you for your heart to represent Jesus in this city. Um, I, I love it. You, you, just, you just don't care. Whatever you have, you go with. You know, Whatever you've been left with, you'll use that to serve and help somebody else. I was talking to a lady. Talisha said this earlier this morning. She said, this is the first time I've been in church with no makeup and I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> How many of you know the Bible says come just as you are? And if we show up with what we have, God shows up with what he's got. And how many of you know that what he has is enough? Isaiah 43, let me give you some context before I read seven verses to you. This perhaps, this passage, I think, is profound. Uh, its significance and its meaning, especially in the context of what we're walking through now, I, I think it's amazing. It's going to encourage you today. But the prophet Isaiah was actually prophesying something that had not happened yet but was going to come. He was prophesying to God's people that the Babylonians would come and, and would take them captive. In fact, what he was telling God's people was this. Three things are going to happen. You're going to lose your homes. You're going to lose your livelihood, and you're going to be displaced. I want you to think about this. This is the word of the Lord through Isaiah to God's people saying, you will be held captive. The Babylonians are coming. And they had never known a time like this before. Since the time of Joshua, they had always known the promised land. But something was going to happen to sweep them out of the promised land. They would lose their homes. They would lose their livelihood, and they would be displaced. Does this sound familiar to anybody? And this is what the word of the Lord is. And Isaiah is trying to encourage them. When that happens, you need to remember God's promises and you need to trust him for your future. Now, let's read this together. Isaiah 43, verse 1. Here's what the, the word of God says. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, do not be afraid. Somebody say, fear not. Listen, we do not have to be afraid. I know what's happened is emotional. And I know that there's all kinds of feelings and thoughts that are attached to what we've walked through over the last week. But the word of the Lord is, do not be afraid. Why? For I have ransomed you. Now, let me just pause right here to talk about ransom. That word ransom, it literally means to buy back what was lost. Uh, redeemed is another word. I have ransomed you. I have redeemed you. In ancient uh, days, a person who had a debt that they couldn't pay off, they would sell themselves as a slave to try to work back what they had borrowed. But a redeemer would come and pay a price and would do for them what they couldn't do for themselves. How many of you know that God paid the ransom for you and me? What was lost in the Garden of Eden, God sent Jesus to buy us back. Now, God's saying, 
don't be afraid. I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. And this is what he says. You are mine. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The first thing, and this is a big thing. God wants you to know this. We belong to him. We belong to God. He says, don't be afraid. I've ransomed you. I have called you by by my name. You belong to me. How many of you know that God can take care of what belongs to him? If we belong to the Lord, then he's going to give us everything we need. He's going to give us the help and the strength that we need to come out of this. In fact, I'll say it this way. God takes full responsibility for the heart that's completely surrendered to him. When when we give God everything, he takes care of everything. Can I have a better amen? God says, I've ransomed you. I've called you by name. You belong to me. I mean, so many amazing stories that I've heard over the last several weeks. And I want you to see, because even in the midst of pain and suffering, you see the supernatural. You see little miracles along the way. One of the guys had had, had sent me a text. He said, when the rains first begin to happen, he said, the waters in my neighborhood begin to rise. He said, I went down to the local fire station to dig. I I, I needed to sandbag because we were going to sandbag the areas, the low parts of of where, where our house was. And so I went down to the fire station, started sandbagging. He said, I didn't realize, but I was wearing my red serve shirt. And so people came up to me saying, oh, you're from Healing Place? I need 10 bags in that truck right over there. Can you, look, I'll hold the bags here. You just fill them up. Can you load my car? He said he went down to sandbag his own house, but spent all afternoon sandbagging everybody else's house because his red surf shirt said something to the city that help was on the way. Now, finally, he got enough sandbags for himself but he served everybody in the community. It's amazing how when you belong to God, I'm telling you this, church, help is not that far. I know sometimes it feels like God is a million miles away and, man, what's happening? But it's amazing to me how those of us who say, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, you can take confidence when you've entrusted your life to God that you are held in the hands of God Almighty. You know, Alcide was singing this morning, and it's amazing that he's singing about the God of miracles. How many of you love Alcide? That brother, he could flat out sing. In fact, I told him, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a voice like yours. God already gave him now here on earth my voice in heaven. But he's singing about the God of miracles, but I want you to know the story behind that. You know, because him and Leslie and their daughter, Brooke, they live in Monticello. And, he said, and many of you know what happened in that area. The waters came up so quickly, and they were scrambling to try to get things together to get out. And, and so they, they step outside of their house, and, and a big old dump truck was coming through the neighborhood just collecting families, trying to get them to higher ground. Well, they had so many families, there was not enough room in the dump truck. So the driver said, listen, I'm going to haul these families away. I'll come back to get you. And so, so they waited. So they're waiting, 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 never saw the truck. They finally, Alcide said to his wife, Leslie, we, we got to get out of here. So they packed up their little two-year-old in an ice chest 
and they're rolling and they're, they're walking in water trying to get to higher ground. I mean, spiders and stuff all over them, crazy things crawling. The water got so high, they felt like, hey, we're just not going to be able to make it. So they go back to their house and they're waiting for the guy with the truck. Well, the truck comes back around and as he's circling, he floods out. And so they're stranded. They don't know what to do. The, 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 the only hope that they had, this guy in the truck, and now he's stalled. And so they're standing there. They're back at their house. They're, what are we going to do? They get a knock at the door. And it's actually a boat. Opens the door, and the guy in the boat says, you sing at Healing Place Church, don't you? <laughs> now, see, he was like, Yes, I do, and I'll sing you a song right now if you'll put me on that boat. <laughs> he said, man, I'm HPC. Come on, get up in here. And, I'm you, and brought him to safety. I want you to know God will find a way. Where there is no way, God will make a way to bring you from tragedy to triumph, from danger to safety, because we belong to him. How many parents do we have in the house? Will you not move heaven and earth to do everything you can to help your kids? If you and I, in our own human nature, have that capacity to care, how much more does your heavenly father say, don't fear, I have ransomed you, I have called you by my name, you belong to me. Can I have a good amen? Just one supernatural experience after another. Listen to this email. Jonathan Heckert sent this to me. He said, words cannot express the love of Jesus that we're feeling right now. The team you sent this morning was an answer to prayer. My wife and her cousins were there for the last several days and barely made a dent in all the demo that we're having to do. We were blessed yesterday to have some folks show up assisting with getting 80 years worth of belongings out of the house. This morning, God's army showed up and gutted the house. We are so thankful to be a part of that church, the church that's providing hope to the hopeless. This has truly been a gut-wrenching experience for our family, but we've had laughs and joy, and we've seen the love of God spread across this community. I'm going to tell you this. God hears us when we pray, and God moves on our behalf to take care of our needs. Somebody asked me the other day, say, okay, pastor, help me understand this. Where is God in all of this? Where is God? And in, in all honesty, church, I know I'm a pastor, but I don't have all the answers. I really don't. There are some things in life that I don't understand. How many know that's where faith kicks in? If we understood it all, we wouldn't need faith. Where is God in all of this? I want to tell you, when God moves, hear me, when God moves, he moves through his body. We are the body of Christ. You know where God is in all of this? He's down at that sand pit digging people out. You know where God is in all of this? He's on a boat rescuing people from their homes. You know where God is in all of this? He's helping to demo people and get them cleaned up and back on track. That's where God is because he moves through his body. We're the body of Christ. Turn your neighbor and say, I belong to Jesus. Now look at this next verse. Look at verse 2. Again, this is so rich, so good. Isaiah says this, when you go through deep waters, mm, I wish somebody helped me preach up in here. If I had a B3 organ right now. I said, when you go through deep waters, 
I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Can I have a good amen? Not only do we belong to God, but the second thing you need to know is this. God is with us. He said, I'm with you. When you go through these things, I will be with you. Now, what things did he talk about? He said, when you go through the flood and when you go through the fire. Now, hear my heart on this. I don't know if it's by accident, and I'm not trying to read something super spiritual into things, but he talked about fire and he talked about flood. What happened in our community last month? We were under gunfire. Were we not? Shootings in the streets, people dying, officers going down. We were under fire last month. What have we been walking through this month? Flood. He said, when you go through the fire, when you go through flood, I will be with you. Interesting how he didn't say if you go through fire or if you go through flood. He said when. Now, in the Old Testament, fire and flood, those were forms of testing. You know, God would allow his people to go through difficult times to see what they were made of. Testing reveals what's inside of you. Can I have a better amen? How many of you have ever bought a piece of furniture and you go to the furniture store? What's the first thing you do? If you're going to buy a recliner, what do you do? Yeah, well, Rachel's going to look at it to make sure it looks nice, but not me. I'm going to sit in it, put my behind in that chair. I want to prop my feet up. I want to test that thing to see if it can do everything it's supposed to do. And sometimes God will allow us to walk through fire, to walk through flood, to test us, to see what's in us. Now, here's the good news. When we go through fire, when we go through flood, we don't go through it alone. He says, I'm with you. I'm going to supply what you need. He said, the fires of oppression will not burn you. Now, didn't we say that this passage, Isaiah, about 100 or 150 years before the Babylonian captivity, he was forecasting what was to come. Guess what happened when the Babylonians came and they subdued the children of Israel? Remember a man named Nebuchadnezzar? How many remember that? One of the Babylonian leaders, Nebuchadnezzar. What did he do with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? He threw them in the fire. What happened in the fire? The Bible says they were walking around in the fire. Just kind of hanging out. Hey, high five, what's up? How many know if you are on fire, you're not walking? You're running. I mean, it's, it's a mad dash to put that fire out. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they weren't in a panic. They weren't upset. They were walking. You know why? Because there was a fourth man in the fire. Well, wait a second. Nebuchadnezzar's officers looked at him and said, wait, wait, didn't we throw three men? I I see four of them in there. Well, who's the fourth? And the scripture says that he was likened to the son of God. That tells me this, that through flood or through fire, Jesus said, you may go through it, but you'll never go through it alone. I will be with you. God is with us. And that makes all the difference in the world. You know, the imagery here of flooding, uh, I 
consider Moses whenever he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. They had been slaves for 400 years, and here's the Red Sea in front of them, and the Bible says that God himself parted the Red Sea, and as he was with Moses, he said, so will I be with you. Many of us have lost things. Some of you, you've lost your homes. Some of you have lost your businesses, and you've lost vehicles. I guess when you go through stuff like this, it kind of puts life in perspective. How many of you know that it's not about stuff? It's not. As painful as it is to lose things. You know, I thought about the, the, the buildings that were flooded. We had three, three facilities underwater. But you know, the church is not about a building. It's so not. The church is about people. And Jesus said, I'm all about people. It's not bricks and sticks. It's about human hearts. It's about relationships. And you begin to understand that people are what really matter. And if we have our families, we're blessed. If we have our friendships, we're blessed. Home is not just a physical structure. Home is where hearts connect, where where relationships are birthed and they grow. Church is about people. And if we have each other, oh, oh, hear me, hear me, hear me. And I'm not trying to minimize loss. Uh, it It is tragic. But the devil wants you to only focus on what you've lost. He wants you to stay right there. He wants you to mourn and grieve over what you've lost. God says, look at what you have left. And here's where you rebuild. You rebuild on that. Here's how we move forward. Not on what we've lost. There's nothing we can do about that. But if we have our families, our relationship, and our faith in God, that's where we rebuild. So much uncertainty. We surrender those things. But we are certain in this that we belong to God and that God is with us. You know, I heard a story of, of, of one of our Healing Place families that lived in Central and uh, for those of you that are in Central, my goodness, I mean, uh, the damage has just been unfathomable. He had spent so much money remodeling his house and, and um, in just a beautiful home. Waters began to rise, and when water spilled into his house, you know what he did? He went to his freezer, and he emptied all the meat out of his freezer. Because how many of you know in Central, everybody kills deer? Emptied his freezer of all that deer meat, went down to the end of his street, met with his neighbors, said, fire up that grill. We're going to grill some meat. We're going to hang out together. We're going to worship God together, and we're going to enjoy the fellowship of one another. Can I tell you that? That's perspective. Sometimes you have to walk through things in order to get the right perspective. Look at what it says here. Let me, let me finish these last couple of verses. Verse 5. Again, God tells him through Isaiah, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you. You and your children from the east and from the west. I'll say to the north, I'll say to the south, Bring my sons and daughters back. Bring them back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. Come on, somebody say his glory. Why are we even here? 
to bring glory to God. He says, I'm going to bring them back from the north, from the south, from the east and the west. For I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. The third thing I want you to know is this. Number three, God will bring us back. God's going to bring us back. He promised the nation of Israel. And that's only partially fulfilled. Ultimately, it will be complete when Jesus comes to get his bride and he brings all of us home. But he said from the four corners of the earth, bring back my sons and my daughters from the north, the south, the east and the west. You know what has been remarkable to me is that so many pastors and so many churches, so many organizations this week have called me from the north, from the south, from the east and from the west. And you know what they've said? What can we do to help your city? How can we serve? Uh, I talked to David Meyer. Many of you know Joyce Meyer, a hand of hope. They were one of the first to respond. The Rock Church in Huntsville, Alabama, Pastor Rusty. Mike, what do you need? Mark Briggs from up in Shreveport, a great church. And, and, and many of you know his daughters, our children's pastor. I mean phone call after phone call. Operation Blessing is here in our city. Convoy of Hope, uh, the Austin Disaster Relief Team. I was out in Denham Springs yesterday, and I saw just an amazing, it was a beautiful sight, a trailer, and the Amish are here with us. Isn't that awesome? Man, they were cutting up meat and stirring. I guess it was jambalaya. I don't know what it was. I was so moved. And you know what the name of the ministry was? Loaves and Fishes. And man, they came, overalls and bonnets, and, and man, just working. Sir. They have been working so hard in Denham Springs all week long. Yesterday, I went up to them and said, listen, I, I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but what you're doing here is remarkable. Is it okay? Can I get a picture of you? And he said, listen, we're not like those other Amish. (laughs) Take all the pictures you want. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Don't we serve an incredible God? We serve a God who's made a promise to us. He says, I am your God. You belong to me. I am with you. I am for you. And guess what? I'm going to bring you back. I tell you, the, the hope that we have in this city is that God will bring us back. And guess how he's going to bring us back? Together. Together. Neighborhoods, communities, friends, relationships, churches. It's interesting to me how all that petty stuff, all of that division, all of that animosity, the stuff that seems to divide us when the flood waters rise, none of that stuff even matters. What unites us is Jesus. And because he unites us, it's greater than anything that would try to divide us. Amen? I'm going to ask the band to come up. I talked to Jonathan Falwell this week out of uh, Virginia, gleaning for the world, has partnered with them, doing amazing things. And I was just so humbled by their willingness to help. And I, I texted him. I said, Jonathan, how... How can, how can I properly thank you? What can I do to say thank you so that you know how much we appreciate? How many know it's a humbling thing when you're in need and you can't do anything to help yourself and people come to you in that time of need? You're just humbled. I said, what can we do to properly thank you? He said, here's what I want you to do. Get through this crisis. 
and give Jesus all the credit. That's what he told me. He said, I don't need my name mentioned. You don't have to shoot me a video or take any pictures. We're not trying to to promote anything over here. I, I love it because Jesus said, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You don't have to make any kind of proclamation. Look what I did. Hey, everybody, do you see this right here? The Bible says if you do that, then all the reward you're ever going to get is right there. But if you give anonymously, if you give without caring who gets the credit, then Jesus is glorified. Our job is to make Jesus famous. And I do believe that Jesus is being lifted up in this community. We prayed for revival. We have prayed for revival in this city. And look what's happening all around us. Hearts are softened to the gospel. Those who said they would never darken the doors of a church are now coming to our dream center. They're coming to Denham Springs. They're coming here saying, can you help me? And we say, yes. Hey, here's a bottle of water. But I want you to know, This is more than just natural water. Jesus will quench the thirst of your soul. You know what we are? As a church, we're a glove. That's it. We're a glove. Glove has no power in and of itself. But when a hand reaches into that glove, how many know the strength is not in the glove, it's in the hand? It's the hand that empowers the glove. Now, everybody sees the glove. Everybody's going to talk about the glove. But you and I both know that it's the hand of God reaching in us and through us. Strength comes from his hand. And we get to be the glove that reaches out to Denham Springs. We get to be the glove that reaches into our inner city. We get to be the glove right here on this parish line that reaches into to Ascension Parish and some places that have been so devastated. But you and I both know it's not the glove. It's the hand of God in us and through us. Can we continue to be that glove? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.